0: Welcome to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine.
1: Welcome to Fish Hunt Talk. This is John Hennigan, and we have our host, Frank Selby. Hey, Frank. I'm here. Frank, if yeah. you have not listened to uh, Fish Hunt um, Program, this is the one. I'm so excited about this, I can't even stand it. Um, First of all, in studio with us is Jason Krupp, who is an Orbis guide. And he is, well, I don't know how much chance we'll get to talk, but he is going to bring into this uh, by electronic communication uh, a company called. Uh, Western Rivers, uh, conservation.com, Western Rivers. And they are, this is unbelievable. I never heard of them before. But, you know, you have all these conservation groups that want to protect the environment, protect the land. And so they set it aside. But you can't use it. These guys buy property. uh, They've got like 50,000 acres of uh, riverfront streams in Arizona, California, Oregon, Washington. And what they do is they open this property for anybody. They give access where they normally would not. They work with, uh, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. We'll find out. But And then we have the man himself that you bring in on, Gary Loomis. I mean, who gets a chance to interview him? So this is the show of shows, so make sure that you pay close attention. And we also just want to quickly bring up, uh, we're taking um, calls for people that want to go to Ketchikan, Alaska, July 12th to the 16th, all-inclusive, 1875, get in touch with me, and let's get your reservation in, because we're very limited. Anyway, Frank, uh, we're going to go, but anything in five seconds?
2: No, I'll say
1: the last minute. All right. That sounds good. Let's do that. We'll finish up with you. Anyway, God, I'm so excited about today's show. So pay close attention. Uh, Make sure you go to fishtalkradio.com, listen to the show. You're going to want to listen to it over and over. All righty. We'll be right back with you.
5: With a long pedigree, the Snowbee brand today offers the very best equipment modern technology can provide. Started in Europe, Snowbee is now providing quality fly fishing gear in the USA. Waders, clothing, rods, reels, fly lines, bags, and innovative new accessories. Enjoy your sport and leisure time more than ever. The affordable value of Snowbee makes it available to everyone. Go to snowbee-usa.com.
0: fish talk hunt radio with john hennigan this is john hennigan and our host
1: frank selby and we have in studio with us um jason Grupp, who's an orvis uh uh, authorized guide and he has uh struck up a friendship with someone that i would like him to introduce
6: you know, this is a, a really neat uh, person to bring on air, and uh, him and I personally have been on some pretty amazing adventures ourselves, out in Colorado and floating down a river for four days and all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, Jim uh, represents a company called Western Rivers, and uh, you know, I'd really like him to explain what they do, uh, so this gets conveyed in a in a way that everybody can really understand, because it is a really amazing company. Oh, uh, Jim, welcome.
7: Hey, thanks a lot, Jason. It's great to be on the show.
1: Well, Jim, give us an idea, first of all, who you are, what you do, and your email is westernriversconservation.com. Is that correct?
7: It's West, yeah, our email is West, my email is jcox at westernrivers.org, and our uh, organization's email is westernrivers.org. Mm, okay. Do you have a website too? That's the website westernrivers.org
6: which is a beautiful website I might add and really showcases some of the properties that they represent and own and turn over for us to use. So Jim, do you want to uh give us kind of the uh, you know an overview of what you guys are or you know what you guys do?
7: Yeah, yeah, I, I came to the organization, uh, about 10 years ago. I've been fly fishing, uh, for about 30 years. And, uh, I've, you know, taken, as a lot of fly fishers do, take several fly fishing magazines. And I start, started seeing these ads about this organization called Western Rivers Conservancy that was conserving properties on rivers that I was either fishing on or wanted to be fishing on. And so I became involved as a volunteer and ultimately, uh, was hired by the organization about eight years ago. I'm their director of uh, donor relations, and Western Rivers Conservancy (laughs) serves a really important place in the, the conservation for rivers in the western United States. What we do is we specialize in land acquisition, so we buy properties from willing sellers on outstanding streams in 11 western states, basically kind of Rocky Mountain states to the Pacific, to protect the wildlife, protect fish, but also, to provide public access to these streams. Uh, the organization has been doing that for over 30 years. We've helped conserve over 160 different streams and tributaries during that 30 period time. And the way that we do the work, not only do we buy the properties, but we also, uh, in order to ensure that they can be uh, stewarded long term and to have public access, we always convey them to a long term steward. So, for example, we have created BLM access sites for hunting and fishing. We've also worked with Fish and Wildlife and the National Forest to expand those areas. We've helped create state parks, including one I hope we'll talk about later in Oregon on the John Day River, Cottonwood Canyon State Park, the longest, uh, second largest state park in the state of Oregon. Um, And occasionally work with other organizations like Native American Tribes or other land trusts. Uh, It's a really effective model because once you own a property, you can immediately start doing the right things in terms of conservation for that. You don't have to wait. You can immediately make good things happen.
1: Well, Jim, you know what is so exciting is that you've got a lot of different non-profits and conservation organizations and what they want to do, they want to they protect um, the wildlands and, and uh, lock it off. They want to keep it natural. But nobody can use it. What you guys do is just the opposite.
7: Yeah, you know, well, well, we we certainly do protect the wildlife because that's number one for us. Any project that we do has a strong conservation value, so we're doing it for the fish. We're doing it for the birds. We're doing it for the critters that are out there. But we also believe that people, if they can enjoy these properties, will be willing to support these efforts because, you know, this doesn't happen for free. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, which means that a lot of the work that we do is dependent upon people going to westernrivers.org and making a donation so we believe that it's compatible not only to be able to do conservation but to also open these up to people that fish that hunt that camp that boat it's very important to our mission
1: and how many um, how much property do you have
7: well, you know, I don't know the absolute number of the properties, but it's along 160 different rivers. And we can talk about several of them to give an example of what the uh the impact of those uh those purchases have been. Okay. Go ahead. So, uh, yeah. So, one, you know, I, I live in Oregon. My home is in Portland, Oregon. So we have, you know, several rivers here uh, that are my home waters. I'm very lucky. I have, you know, I, I'm able to go out and cast a line for, you know, winter steelhead 40 minutes from my house. Um, but one of the most significant rivers that we've worked on in the state of Oregon is the John Day. And it's probably not known to a lot of people outside of Oregon and Washington, but it's the second longest free-flowing river river in the western united states behind the yellowstone and it has the single healthiest run of wild summer steelhead in the entire columbia river basin it's a tributary to the columbia it's in north uh, central oregon Um, and it's a spectacular stream and we were able to purchase two different ranch properties the first one we did in 2008 where we purchased the Murtha Ranch, which was on over 16,000 acres, 16 river miles of the John Day, at a place where a uh, public highway crossed the river, but the rancher was not very friendly to public access. And so we were able to buy that property, um, ultimately convey it to Oregon State Parks. Uh, It protected 16 miles of the river, provides public access to 16 miles for hiking, for fishing, and also protected four miles of one of the four most important lower tributary spawning streams for Steelhead on Hay Creek and allowed restoration on that creek. And then after that, in 2014, we were able to purchase yet another ranch on 10 miles of the John Day. It was 42 miles upstream of that original ranch, and it was a wilderness study area that the BLM has, which is one of the most spectacular canyon floats in the western United States. So it offered another public access point and protected the single most important tributary stream for wild sealhead on the lower river 30-mile creek.
1: Well, Let me just interject. What you doing uh, i mean this is you don't pay a fee you know to to work with you guys what you guys are doing is providing access where normally we would not have it
7: that's, yeah, that's true. Indian, you know, to, you know, absolute public access. You know, the state park, there's no fee to use it unless you're camping, and it's a minimal fee. The other area is, is a BLM access site. We've conveyed it to the BLM this last year, uh, Up the upstream one at 30 Mile Creek, and that's it's free access. That's
1: incredible. Who would do yeah, that? it's amazing. Who would do that? It?
7: I mean, it's, it's a really effective I mean, there's, uh, there's, way to do conservation. I'd
1: say there's a lot of preserves, but what they do is they preserve you know, the, the uh, environment, but by doing that, they cut off access to people that want to enjoy it.
6: It's really right. a win-win for everybody, including the, na- you know, the animals, the nature, the preservation of the land.
1: They work with the Indians and uh, <laughs> a lot of the uh, logging companies, and yep. you know, they all just kind of help to do what you're doing, because what you're doing is incredible.
7: I yeah, it, 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 it's, it's amazing that we're able to do it, you know, we, we, we're able to serve two functions at once. We're able to do the conservation work and let people enjoy it at the same time.
1: Yeah, that is absolutely incredible. So obviously you need money to do this.
7: Yes, indeed. This does not come cheap. <laughs>
1: anybody, anywhere in the world, these uh, rivers that you're talking about are world class.
7: They are absolutely world class. You can go to our website, westernrivers.org. We have a list of our current projects, our accomplishments. You can certainly make a contribution on the website as well. Uh, and we even have a little uh, a dashboard of different places that we consider some of the great fly fishing streams that we've uh, uh, conserved over time. And, it, and, you know, if you sign up for our website or for our email, a monthly email, we do a special on the river of the month, which tells you, you know, what we've done with it how to access it, what the fishing, hunting, camping options okay, are. Well, it, we're it's gonna, a really great thing.
1: We're about, we're about done with this segment, but just one quick question. I don't know if, how fast you can do it. You also have uh, uh, bird hunting?
7: Uh, yes, on some of the properties. A matter of fact, on the uh, the property at the uh, Cottonwood Canyon State Park, there's a big chucker hunting uh, contingent out there, and there that's one of the few state parks in Oregon where hunting is allowed.
1: Wow. This is incredible. How do you yeah. do this? Well, <laughs> well Obviously, it, it takes the kindness money.
7: The people who help make donations and yeah. by having long-standing relationships with a lot of great governmental agencies.
1: That is incredible. I just can't believe that you could do that. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We've got another 12 minutes with you, which is, we need a couple hours. But we'll be right back with uh, Fish Hunt Talk. Go to fishtalkradio.com. Listen to us uh, as many times as you want. And this one, you're going to want to listen to a lot. We'll be right back.
5: Snowbee brand today offers the very best equipment modern technology can provide. Started in Europe Snow is now providing quality fly fishing gear in the USA. Waders, clothing rods, reels, fly lines bags and innovative new accessories Enjoy your sport and leisure time more than ever. The affordable value of Snow makes it available to everyone. Go to snowbee-usa.com A full surface flash up.
3: His and her
0: Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and I'm so excited to have
1: Frank Selby, our host. And, man, this is an incredible, um, you know, Jim... You know, I never – well, actually, I hadn't heard of you, but I don't know why. But I do now, and consider me a strong supporter. I can't believe what you guys have been able to do. And I guess most of it just has to do with donations. But you guys must uh, generate a tremendous amount of money to buy this property. I know that you work with people that want to conserve the land, uh, and they might give you some deals or uh, donate, but uh, – The amount of property, was it 50,000 acres or who knows how much, of prime river access and, you know, some wildlife, hunting and fishing. But uh, it's just, I can't believe that you guys have been able to do what you do. And this is not just protecting the environment. This is making it accessible at no charge to people, outdoorsmen. It's incredible.
7: Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, we've, we have been, we've been around, as I mentioned, for 30 years. So we also, along with individuals, we have strong relationships with a series of foundations that also help us to get into uh, low-market below market loans to help us purchase these properties be, between the time that we're able to convey them to an agency for long-term stewardship. So that helps as well. Um, to give you an example, one of the projects we're doing right now, and, and, and it's arguably the most important Conservation project in the U.S. happening is on the Klamath River. We bought 47,000 acres of commercial timberland. This is a $60 million project in and of itself uh, to protect Blue Creek on the Klamath because the Klamath River at one time had fisheries runs that rivaled those in Alaska. And, you know, over time and development, um, that river has gotten really warm. And these fish now go from cold Pacific ocean water in. August and September to water that's in the 70s degrees, you know, which is, which is lethal for salmon and steelhead and cutthroat trout and all those other species. And so we've purchased this uh, prime timberland 16 miles up from the mouth at a place called Blue Creek. And Blue Creek is the single most important cold water tributary to ensure the survival of salmon steelhead. Every single fish that comes up the, the Klamath River stops at Blue Creek at least 12 hours and drops its body temperature. 8 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, if it weren't for Blue Creek, the next major cold water tributary up that river is the Trinity River, and those fish wouldn't make it. They would die. And so by purchasing this timberland, we're ensuring that it won't be clear-cut, that there's going to be a 47 or 73 square mile sanctuary along Blue Creek Watershed to protect salmon, steelhead, and all the different salmonids that use that in yeah, perpetuity. Do
1: the uh, logging companies... Uh- Stop you with that.
7: Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. Over you know, We purchased the property, but because it was such a large uh, project, we've been able to purchase parcels over time to make it reasonable for ourselves to do it. And then we're working with the Yurok tribe there for the long-term stewardship. They're, they're already in the process of doing some restoration work. Um, there's going to be projects doing a decommission of logging roads out there and also uh, doing restoration along the creek itself just to make sure that it remains a great cold-water sanctuary.
1: Well, logging has a tendency to produce things that go into the rivers
7: yeah a lot of sediment and that's that's the issue is that if anything were to happen sediment wise to the stream that would keep it from running cold year-round it would be devastating to the klamath river system Mm -hmm. for fishermen throughout the entire klamath system not just around blue creek itself
1: well this is so incredible I applaud you in particular, but your organization, <laughs> the 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 what you do, and I suppose for every dollar that someone contributes, they're probably getting that multiple back
7: they are you know for every dollar that someone like you and I contribute that's multiplied 10 or 20 times by the amount of money we're able to get from these foundations that give us loans to be able to actually purchase the properties outright so it's a highly leveraged donation that happens that can be made at westernrivers.org
6: and you know we really need the help of everybody to keep this going you know it's such a a neat model that is so positive to you know the hunting industry the fishing industry and you know, just lets us all get out there and and you know use these lands that are so well. Yeah, and
1: you don't you don't have to you know become a member or pay money. Um, you know that you do this just for access to people that enjoy the outdoors.
7: Yeah, you know, and Jason and I have been out. We went fishing on a property just about thirteen miles out of Steamboat Springs, Colorado, on the Yamper River, and this is an example of a little one. This is only a forty you know, forty five acre property that doesn't sound significant, but it was the hole in the donut that we'd like to call of a piece of private property that was surrounded by three different pieces of public land a state wildlife area, a BLM fishing access, and a, a forest service area. But this one piece of property was in the middle of it, and in Colorado as well as Wyoming, the landowners own the bottom of the river. So if you're in that river in that along that property, you're trespassing. So by purchasing this property, we were able to connect all three of those pieces of public land and and, and the fishery was pretty good, huh, Jason? No, oh,
6: we had a great time. And yeah, this was such a beautiful piece of property. It'd really be a shame, you know, to not be able to, to get on this this land, especially for the locals, you know, so it's uh It's just such a neat business for us to support, and one reason why we really wanted to bring you on the radio today and you know help help get your name out there and get more supporters going for western rivers Well
1: Jim, we have a very wide reach. Uh, we have people in europe, east coast, west coast um, the south, and the rivers that you're talking about are world class so as far as a destination, if someone wants to learn more. And maybe they'd like some advice on where to go and how to do it. Uh, Can you help them out?
7: Absolutely. You know, at our website, again, westernrivers.org is a great place to land just to see you know, where these projects are, get a little information, um, if you want to send me you know, an email, feel, front, feel free. Uh, but uh, you know, most of all, I think you can find uh, most of the information right on our website, along with just some stunningly beautiful photography of all these rivers.
1: Wow. I just I can't believe something like this exists.
7: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, it was my, my pleasure to join you and just kind of let you in on the secret. (laughs)
1: Well, just give us an idea. Do you have uh, other philanthropic groups that help you out?
7: You know, we do work with we, – we work in conjunction with uh, several other organizations. Again, we, we specialize in the land acquisition part. So we've worked with Caltrout uh, and, and Trout Unlimited uh, to help do some of the restoration projects. Again, we work with uh, governmental agencies as well. I mean, that's just a few. So we, you know, we partner, depending on where a river is, we do partner with different NGOs to uh, help do some of the restoration work, which allows us to specialize in what we do best, which is the land acquisition acquisition.
1: Well, I have to say that I'm very pleased to know that the US government can do something right.
7: <laughs> you know, there are a lot of people that actually do care about this in our in our government and and they have been really good stewards of these properties and we have a long-standing relationship with them.
1: Well, I mean, I just can't believe that you do this and it's it's not uh, it's not just, you know, some, I want to be careful, I don't want to get political.
7: About, <laughs> yeah. about conserva- and, we're, and we're not about, a political organization, about, about we're,
1: con- we're conservationists <laughs> that, uh, you know, that don't believe that, uh, you know, that you should... Uh, Put a sharp object in the water because it might hurt a fish or actually kill something, then eat it. Uh, this, this is this is not one of those groups. This no, is no, we're, the, fri- we're friendly to outdoorsmen yeah, and a,
7: outdoors women.
1: It's a traditional <laughs> now, you know, outdoor. Sport.
2: Now you got it because there's a lot of fly fishing girls I know who about ready to kill you
6: guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll tell they can, you, they can, they can cast really, really well. I'll, I'll tell you, Jim's quite a uh, camp cook as well. Well, I've
0: been on Oh the really?
1: Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's quite the host. We were All right, at, Jim, I'm gonna put you on the spot. One okay. recipe. Uh would it if you want to do fish or uh fowl or whatever, just give us one quick recipe that you like oh, to
7: do. Oh well, wow, I, I do one that's called chicken diavolo, where I take uh, <laughs> chicken thighs, I marinate them in olive chicken oil, size. garlic, red pepper flakes and black pepper for a couple hours and just throw them on the grill and they are delicious.
1: All right, say that again, please.
7: Chicken Diablo. Yeah, I mean, chicken hot as the devil. That's yeah. what the Italians call it. And what is the recipe? Italian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> throw, it, throw it, together with a little risotto or a little gnocchi, and you're you're set. But the You've recipe, camp- the recipe, right one right more there. time.
1: You marinate it in what?
7: Or it's it's a, olive oil, marinated a, in olive oil. Oh, so I a forgot dry, the lemon juice. Olive a dry oil, lemon juice, black pepper, red pepper flakes, and if you want a little garlic and a little salt, and that's, uh-huh. that's all. It's simple as can be. And you
1: marinate it for how long?
7: Marinate it for a couple hours,
1: and just throw it on the grill.
7: And throw it on the and grill. That, that's yeah. really simple and delicious. And then you go fishing. And then yeah. you go fishing.
1: <laughs> Will you do that in cast iron, or just put it on the grill?
7: I put it on the grill. I like to do it on over uh, charcoal. And, yeah. and, you know, and you, it's great, good the next day in the lunch, too. Have it hot for dinner and then just take it for your picnic and lunch the yeah. next day.
1: Well, I have to say, Jim, I just, you know, when I started learning about you guys, I was blown away. I go, how could something like that even exist? Um, because... Well, we can,
7: thank, we can thank Jason for uh, kind of introducing you to us.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to try and support you as much as we can, and we'll bring you back on because there's, there's too much to cover in a short period of time that we have.
7: Yeah, but, we've uh, just covered just, you know, like three of the 160 different projects. So, yeah. yeah, I'd love to come back.
1: And, again, people that are listening to the show that want to get in on world-class fishing and they're thinking of the you know, Pacific Northwest or the Western United States, people don't understand what's available. Oh, it's it's
7: an embarrassment of riches out here.
1: Well, you got Arizona, some stuff going on there, and Colorado, and California, and Oregon, Washington. So if anybody wants world-class streams and waters that you're probably not going to find anywhere in Europe or most other places in the United States, um, get in touch with them. And the website, one more time, is...
7: It's westernrivers.org.
1: Yeah, oh gosh. This Thanks for coming
6: on. on, Jim. It was a pleasure, and we're uh, real happy to support you.
1: All. Oh, yeah, we're going to be talking to you some more.
6: Thank you, guys. Just, just much too appreciated. Much,
1: too much to cover. All right. Uh, Frank, we're going to have to go, but we're going to come back with somebody that you're not going to believe. This this tells you who Frank is is. He has the man himself that's coming up in the next segment, so stay tuned. You're listening to Fish Hunk Talk. Go to fishtalkradio.com and listen to us as many times as you want.
2: I would
5: See your local ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2.
3: A full-service fly shop. His and her fly fishing offers FFI certified international fly fishing instructor and guide service with Frank Selby. Listen to Frank as host of FishHuntTalkRadio.com or listen live Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Sirius XM Radio Channel 211. Custom flies are handmade to to your order in-house in Newport Beach. Fishing in Mexico, Belize, Florida, or the Rockies. Frank and the staff will deliver exactly what you need. Flies and gear. Google his and her fly fishing. The Soft Science footbed absorbs the shock of pounding waves, engine vibration, and even rocky terrain. Soft Science shoes are roomy and relaxed, and they drain and dry quickly. Check out the Soft Science Fin fishing shoes and boots and the Fin H2O for kayaking and canoeing. They're lightweight, slip-resistant, and won't mark your deck. See the new styles for men and women and get your pair on at softscience.com.
0: Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan.
1: This is John Hennigan, of course, our host, Frank Selby. I have to tell you, um, our first guest that we had on, uh, Jason Grupp is in here, and he brought us in, uh, Western Rivers that I'd never heard about. What an incredible organization. Um, It's just unbelievable the amount of... Work that they've been able to do, for free to give people public access to properties that otherwise would have been lost. But anyway, we have. When I, I didn't know until this morning who our guest was that Frank was bringing on. I thought that name sounds familiar. There's no way,
6: Frank.
2: No, <laughs> yeah, <better> no way. <laughs> Everybody knows that name. <laughs> no. Hey, Gary, would you explain yeah. a little bit about your handles? And tell them your website and how to get in touch with you first, and then let's go to the handles and how light your rods are now. Well, you can just uh,
8: look up on edgerods.com, or, yeah, that's probably the best way, edgerods. We're selling everything online now. Because we can sell it cheaper to the consumer mm-hmm. uh, than we do through the dealer,
1: yeah, you don't want to get frank, you don't want to sell it to Frank and have him sell. it. he might make some money
8: but, <laughs> I, well, I'd be happy to sell it to Frank. he knows he's always he, my old timers have always got first choice,
2: yeah <laughs> watch out, we're not old timers there yeah, we're just,
8: well, <laughs> well we're we're older than most of them, but we're
1: the oldest ones, the, oldest one's the, oldest, the
8: toughest.
1: Well, the thing <laughs> yeah. is, I mean, that Gary, yeah. Gary Loomis is an icon in the fly fishing industry, and I can't believe that Frank came up with you. And I go, what, you're kidding me. He's going to be on the radio with us today?
6: Yeah, not only the fly, but he's huge in the uh, largemouth bass tournament scene, and, you know, they're, uh, they've got a huge array of rods over the years.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know what, uh, Frank wants to talk about the material of what you're doing right now, so let's do that, and then I'd like to step back a little bit about the Loomis rod. And, okay. And, go ahead.
8: Well, I'm just gonna, I'll just finish up the handle thing. You know, we've been using cork for 200 years, and if you, if you really think about it, they use cork as an insulator on the reentry capsules, between the capsules and the ceramic. Oh, really? Because it's yeah, that's that's cork. That's what the ceramic is glued on to is cork because it's such a good insulator. Well, truly, I don't want an insulator on my handle. I want something. I want to be able to feel every single bite or everything that that rod is doing. The uh, I'd put it on on our spinning and casting handles, bath handles, for two years. I had made up a. Uh, one with a, on a fly rod, and I've taken it down to a show that we did in, in, uh, Denver, the heart of the fly fisherman. And a guy came by and casted all of our rods and said, Holy Toledo, what did you do here? These are even better than they used to be. Let me get rid of that. (laughs) Um, Better than they used to be. And, uh, what's this laying here on the desk apart? I said, Well, it's a four piece rod that, we were trying one with a fly rod with graphite handle. He said, well, can I cast it? I said, yeah. So I put it together, and he put a line on it. About 45 minutes, he came back, took it apart, reeled a line off of it, laid it down and said, Gary, if you ever send me any more fly rods with a cork handle, I'll send them back. <laughs> <laughs> I said, would I said, well, you like it? He said, I've been casting for 40 years. And he said, do you know why the fly fishermen... And they're standing there, and they cast, and they look back at their back cast. It's because they want to see that the back cast is opened up correctly before they start their forward cast. Without a good back cast, you have no good forward cast. He says, I was feeling something. I didn't know exactly what I was feeling until I turned around and looked. And with this new graphite handle, I can feel the back cast open up. Wow. Wow. He says, I'm just beyond myself. Well, uh, the graphite handle uh, is just a thin coat of graphite over the top of this other material that we have, and it also picks up the temperature of your hand in about five seconds. (laughs) So on other rods that you're fishing in the winter and this type Uh of stuff, uh, you're not fishing a popsicle all the time. You're fishing uh, a handle that warms up within your hand temperature within five seconds. It's more durable, and it's 30 percent lighter and stronger, and there'll be no pitting like they happens
1: in cork handles. Well, Jason Grepp is sitting here right with me, and he's an Orvis uh, authorized guide. And uh, I'm sure he's listening to this and he's probably going, I want one of those.
6: Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sound so bad. Uh, you know, Gary, you started off with, with Loomis Rods and that moved on to Shimano, and, and Edge Rods is actually new to me. Uh, you know, I didn't know much about it. So, is this a new company that you just started? Um, how long has it been going? Just kind of looking for the oh, backstory there.
8: I started it about five or six years ago. Uh, really for my son but then my son decided he didn't want to make fishing rods so I ended up I was just making blanks for companies that weren't getting the, the type of blanks that they wanted and so I had the equipment so I set it up for my son and we started making blanks and then one thing to another and I just never could keep my hands off of making better fishing rods and this type of stuff so being in that, I ended up with this new graphite handle in spinning and casting and and everybody has fell in love with them i I couldn't make another cork handle now handle uh, you get a, killed
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> i I remember the first ones that you did they had you. you brought they you guys brought them down to my shop. I casted that. It was like nothing in your hand but you could feel. The line just slides. You could even feel the yarn pull at the ends before you went forward. You didn't have to look back. You knew it. It is the best casting rod I've ever casted. And I've (laughs) casted almost every one of your rods since the old IMX. IMX? Well, IM6, and
8: then IMX, and then GLX.
7: GLX. Yeah.
8: Yeah. Yeah, we 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 made a lot of them, but uh, the thing I is, I still is have the,
2: that one you si- sent me, which uh, signed by you. Oh yeah, and you the hat. Out and
8: fish it more.
2: I did. I was out yesterday, <laughs> down in the um, Dana Point fly fishing for a t- uh, yellowfin tuna. Wait a minute. How'd you do? Two. Wow. Two.
1: Yeah, you don't normally go for yellowfin on a fly rod.
2: Yes, you do. (laughs) Uh, We fish anything with the fly that you can catch on conventional. Mm -hmm. I proved that in Alaska three years ago.
1: Yeah, he he said he brought his fly rod, said he wanted to catch a halibut. And I go, Frank, I know you're good, but you don't catch halibut on a fly rod. You know, halibut are... You know, basically, they lay on the bottom and, and they don't go believe, for flies. Believe
8: it, or, believe it or not, they have a record of halibut
6: with a fly. Yeah, <laughs> Right here well, in Santa Barbara, I had a client fly down from San, San Francisco over the yeah. summertime. We had an evening trip right here on East Beach, right downtown Santa Barbara. We landed six halibut on fly rod Whoa. right yeah. off the beach. Our biggest went yeah. about 25 inches. Wow. Yep.
1: Well, you know, in Alaska, they normally are deep, and but even if you even if you're able to hook one,
6: how do you get it up?
2: Uh, a lot of work. A, yeah. yeah, there you, go. There you
8: a
6: go. go. A strong handle. Yeah.
8: <laughs> Those fly fishermen, if you give them a, a challenge, they'll get it done. Yeah.
6: <laughs>
7: yeah.
2: Well, everybody says my sister always said I was born before I had a bottle in my hand. I had a fly rod.
1: Yeah, well, I I believe so, but I'm um, I'm curious about you know you and Gary, um, and I again I couldn't believe that I was looking at the sheet and I go Gary Loomis, No, nah, couldn't be <laughs> couldn't be Gary Loomis, <laughs> must be a yeah. must be a
2: common you know, name, John the be best friend you, yeah. you would ever have in your life, yeah the best friend you would ever have in your life is going up to his house. He gets, you tell the story, how you get everything ready before we even walk down to the river. (laughs) Yeah,
8: I used to, you know, we're just a quarter of a mile from the river. And so when we was feeding all of our troops up there, I'd put the barbecue briquettes on and get them fired up. And then I'd run down and catch a steelhead, come up and play it up and put it on the grill probably did it 200 times and everybody said aren't you putting a cart in front of the horse and I said not, not on the Lewis, North Fork of the Lewis River it's like going to the grocery store
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now to have the man himself here um, thats you don't do too many radio interviews I'm sure so we are very excited uh, you know, to get the, the legend himself uh, on, on with us
6: yeah. And if you need any uh, product testers here in Santa Barbara, I'm sure John oh, yeah. and I could hit the beach for you. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, actually, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, again, Jason is an, a very accomplished guy. He takes uh, uh, people on trips to Belize, and, you know, it's all fly fishing, obviously, in, in different areas. But he's, he's actually got a trout pond um, where, where he works in the vineyard that is full of... Uh, what well, you say? You got these from Canada?
6: They are uh, Nebraska Tailwalkers, which is the Camloop Rainbow from uh, Canada. Yeah, yeah, they're huge, yeah,
1: and it's uh, fishing in a barrel. You don't even have to know how to fish, but uh, it's beautiful. But anyway, if you bake it up this way, we'll take care of you, which I don't okay. think will happen. But well, uh, if you
8: guys, if you guys uh, get some questions on one of your other shows, give me a call back, and I'll. Answer all the questions that you're, you're, uh,
1: you're on the list, man. I can't use, ask,
8: We could we could so. bring
1: we could bring you on every week, and it wouldn't be enough.
2: You got that <laughs> right, Frank. If you tell half the stories about Rods, you'll be there for 6 years.
1: Right. Well, Frank, we're going to have to close this segment up. But uh, I want to thank you again for bringing Gary on. I couldn't believe that when you Gary Loomis, the Gary Loomis.
2: <laughs> anyway, now, Gary give your website one more time. Uh, just
8: look up under edgerods.com. Uh, you'll find it or, okay. or look under Gary Gary Loomis. My uh, gary. email is gary. Loomis at Hedge Rod. Uh
1: All right. Thank
3: you, Gary. shallow, I can catch them deep, muddy water on the back of the creek, wind and rain to me, it's all the same, I make a living playing this game, and I thank the Lord above every time I can, I get to be a fishing man.
0: Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan.
1: This is John Hennigan and our host, Frank Selby. And we only got a couple of minutes to wrap it up. But we have the man himself, Gary Loomis. Anybody that knows anything about fishing rods, in particular fly fishing, he's the god. And I have Jason Grupp right here. Uh, and we only got a couple of minutes. But, you know, Jason... You are a very accomplished angler, especially fine fishermen. You do a lot of uh, group trips. You're a guide. And the, having the opportunity to talk to Gary just for a minute, uh, let's give you an opportunity to ask him a couple of questions.
6: Yeah, you know what? Sitting here, I was thinking about all the old Loomis rods I'd had over the years. I was on your pro staff uh, back from the original before Shimano picked you guys up, and I uh, out of that lineup of rods from the GLX and IMX, and you know, what would you say was the—I don't know—the best one or your your biggest accomplishment out of all those lineups? Which which would you say was the highest quality? Well,
8: uh, <laughs> to tell you the truth, each one of them as they came along. Um, you know, we came out with the IM6. That was a, a really good material over the standard graphite, and it enabled us to make the rod 20% lighter. And weight is a deterrent to performance. And then IMX came out and was able to make them another 9 to 12% lighter. And then GLX came out with a huge jump. And uh, then as we... Got better in the design and the manufacturing and our machinery. Uh, They just kept getting better. I sure will not ever make a rod that is not better than the last one I made.
1: (laughs) Uh, Just a real quick question, Gary. Do you have any idea how many fly rods you've made in your career? (laughs) That's a tough question.
2: Probably wrap around the world. <laughs> yeah, it, probably
1: would. It, I mean, anybody yeah. that's, uh, that's a professional uh, fly angler has got you know, at least a couple of Loomis rods.
8: You've got to remember, you know, for many years I made blanks for 22 other rod companies. So at one time I made all of the blanks for all of the domestic rod companies that didn't make their own blanks. So I made Winston's, and Powell's, and Cabela's, and Bastro's, and Cortland's, and I made everybody's blank.
1: Well, you must have, a tell us about your facilities, must be huge.
8: Well, you know, it was a really nice facility at G. Loomis. I sold that because, uh, you know, I had prostate cancer, after the cure they gave me 18 months to live. So I sold the golf division and I sold my camp in Russia for Atlantic Salmon sold G Loomis and the, you know, decided I was just gonna lay around until I died. Well that was twenty some years ago. <laughs> wow. And yeah. uh I didn't I didn't make it very long until all of a sudden I started making more blanks and and uh yeah. I'm back into it. I started the old uh uh, I started Edge Rods up with it where I started G Loomis. Oh, and uh, I ran it for a while there, and we got too small. So I went downtown. I got a bigger building downtown, and geez, now we're now now we're thirty percent to fifty percent under size now, and we're looking at a new building.
1: <laughs>
8: uh, I've got if if you. If you put it in order, you'd probably have to wait a month to get it. Because with that far behind, yeah. if I hired two more people, I'd have to build a tent and put them outside. Because I got
1: no room in. Put them in a tent outside. Okay. Gary, yes. it's been such a pleasure. I hope you don't mind if we call you back because having the opportunity to talk to the man himself is very rare. I know you don't do that many interviews, so we really take it uh, very seriously, and we appreciate it. Th- Frank, thank you very much for bringing him on, and I was blown away that you, when I saw that name today.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, Get well, some questions for me next for me. time.
1: All right, well, we're going to have to list, wrap this one up. Go to uh, uh, Just go to fishtalkradio.com. You're going to want to listen to this entire show many times because we got so much, probably one of our best shows, the best guests we've ever had. So we appreciate that very much. And uh, go to the website. Uh, just go to fishtalkradio.com. That's an easy one. Frank, thank you very much. Gary, it's been such a pleasure. I never thought I'd get the chance to talk to you.